The first time, Mark Olson and Gary Lewis, the songwriting duo behind the Minnesota alt-country band The Jayhawks, split up in 1995. They did so amicably, with Olson moving on in marriage and just plain moving to Joshua Tree, California. The second time they split up, in 2012, Loris had asked Olson to hit him in the face following their last show ever in Spain when they were on tour supporting the lousy album we're talking about today. Mark Olson said in 2014, quote, I don't ever want to see Gary Loris again, nor do I want him singing my songs, end quote. Loris, who had apparently had promised never to make albums or tour as the Jayhawks without Olson, has been doing so and is currently doing so as we speak. Today, on Louder Than Sound, we discuss why mom and dad are fighting again and the ill-fated album that finally ruined everything and caused their messy Midwestern divorce, The Jayhawks' Mockingbird Time. Welcome to everyone's favorite show, Louder Than Sound. Our first and only question for the contestants is... What's louder than sound? Theoretical noise particulates from the 15th dimension? What's louder than sound? Uh, nothing, Alex, because of course this is a theoretical question. What's louder than sound? What is two brothers, who are mostly similar, but sometimes dissimilar taste in music, asking each other to listen to and absorb some of their favorite music albums based on idiosyncratic themes that they likewise force each other to consider? That's louder than sound. Welcome once again to Louder Than Sound. I'm Charlie here with my brother and co-host Jake. Hey. To talk about a a band that. <laughs> oh, well, we'll get to it. Our theme for this, the last couple episodes, has been like breakup albums, but not albums which are about breakups. No. No, Rather albums that made us break up with the artist. So we talked last time about how there's kind of breakout, there's a uh, burnouts and there's fadeaways. I I shared a burnout with Saint Vincent's yep. Mastodon. Yep. You've got a fadeaway over here, Jake. No, well, it's it's kind well, of maybe, maybe it, you could frame it here. It's I don't kind know of so both. It's kind of both. And uh, I'm going to need your you know your skills. I don't know your knowledge of this because I every album by the Jayhawks was a breakup album for me because I don't <laughs> like them. I just don't like the Jayhawks. That's... I've never been interested in them. No like one's... we joked about that early on, like no one's making you on this podcast about what we were gonna make each other listen to. Yeah. And uh I think we got to the night we talked about the nineties and you're like, yeah, how many Portishead albums are you gonna make me listen to <laughs> I don't know how many Jayhawks albums are you gonna make me listen to. Yeah, well I'm taking well, here we are first time we got to either one of them. <laughs> It's the Jayhawks. That's right. I'm delighted. Jayhawks, but it was bad Jayhawks yeah. on top of it. I'm taking, so, I'm taking a perverse pleasure in making you listen to not Remember that not time, just a couple episodes, <laughs> when you couldn't make it through Elvis Costello and Burt Baccarat? Uh, I want you to know that I listened to this whole album, Jake, Good for you. I, I care just a little bit more. You know, I'm just a little more dedicated. I care about the audience a little bit more. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I just take this a little more seriously. Than you, you know, songs. Well, if they had made a, if they had made an album worth, you know, listening all the way through to, I would have done it. But you know. I listened to an album not worth listening all the way through. <laughs> hey, songs twelve and thirteen are not worth listening all the way through, and I did it. Songs twelve and thirteen out of fourteen are kind of okay. So you know, <laughs> at least at the very end, there you got some, you got some sweet juice. Ah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> a tale. Of a oh, man. Home sta- my home state heroes. Oh, I know, exactly. Well, you live in Minnesota now. We basically we basically lived in Minnesota growing up, at least, you know, the news and the music and stuff that we that we got. 
living right across the border in Wisconsin. But I love the Jayhawks. But I properly lived in Minnesota for six years now. Yes, you have. A you little are, different, Jay. You are a mud duck, and everyone knows it now. That's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, I love the Jayhawks uh, as a band. They are probably the best example I have personally of a beloved regional band that never quite broke nationally. Um, like, they're recognized as influential, especially in the alt-country circles. Like, Wilco has been influenced by them. Bon Iver has credited them. Um, you know, another Midwestern force. The list goes on and on. Um, but the reason they broke up in the first place, following a stone-cold classic album in Hollywood Town Hall, and another critically acclaimed one in Tomorrow the Green Grass, is that they couldn't get over the hump and break out. Um, the story is that they poured everything into 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 Tomorrow the Green Grass, which is my favorite album by them, um, in 1994. Um, it's kind of like an alt-country Beatles white album kind of a thing. They're like trading awesome songs that are in totally different styles. Um, and they did every single thing they could to make it big in the pre-internet era. They were on Rick Rubin's American Records. They spent a bunch of money on the recording process. They toured relentlessly. They did all the profiles and the magazines they could, and it just didn't happen for them. Um, in fact, they lost money on it. They should have gotten uh, Jack Antonoff to produce. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jack Antonoff was probably like one or something when, when that came out. <laughs> you probably, it's probably like 25 or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jack Antonoff, get out of here with that. Uh, uh, in fact, the Jayhawks lost money on that album, which is my favorite by them. Uh, well, um, I, don't want, I don't wish that for them, you know? Uh, no, no. And so, when, uh, and so when Mark Olson left the band for a simpler musical and a more normal life, with fellow songwriter Victoria Williams um, in 1995, it was apparently with a handshake and a hug between himself and Gary Loris. Mm. Yeah, you know, hey, it didn't yeah. happen. Hey. Let's, let's go hey. our separate ways. Uh, my personal history with the Jayhawks is, uh, like, extensive. Um, as I said, I listened very a lot to Town Hall and especially uh, Tomorrow the Green Grass, and I happened to see them on their last tour as an original lineup um, before they reunited in 2011. Um, which was also my first concert at the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where they opened a hometown gig for Bob Dylan himself. Whoa! Whoa! I was like, hey! What a double bill. That's the J. It's a Minnesota <laughs> wet dream, is what it was. Oh, gosh, okay. <laughs> Do we have to go there? No, well, but it kind of was. All right, so um, I pushed... I <laughs> no, pushed... <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> I pushed the Jayhawks I mean, on... for one thing, Jake, you're talking about a Minnesota wet dream and not... Talking about Prince? Come on, <laughs> All right, man. you're what, right. What you're right. Here? Okay, all Every right. Every sense right. of those words is all Prince uh, right well, there. Well, I think Prince was peeking around a curtain somewhere in the Target Center. He had, he just said <laughs> he's always at the Target Center. Even now, as a ghost. As a ghost. As a ghost, the sexiest ghost alive. <laughs> uh, I proceeded to push the Jayhawks on everyone I knew in college, especially after I fell into a deep, deep alt-country trance, like a really deep one. Um, mm. And I was mystified that every single person didn't love them like I did. Like, <laughs> nobody did. Uh, I used to I have a... even tried them on me. I used to have a radio show uh, with, with my buddies, <laughs> rotating group of buddies at college. Like, my favorite thing that I ever did my entire life was, you know, go on Friday nights and do this radio show. And, like, almost every week I'd be like, Jayhawk's deep cut? Because nobody could tell me what to do. And nobody, everyone called in and they're like, please stop. Please stop this. <laughs> and by everyone called in, you mean nobody called in. No one was listening. No, they did. They called in. That's why it was so fun. It was only my friends, but still. Oh, well, okay. It was super fun. 
Uh, like the regional thing I mentioned earlier, they occupy a unique niche in my musical life. I can't think of a single person in my life who loves them like I do. And I'm wondering, Chaz, do you, can you think of a band like that for you? Like, normally my favorite bands I discuss endlessly with, with uh, a bunch of people, you know, you included and, and other people. But I just can't think of another band that I love more than everyone else. That I know. I can think of tons of them. Really? Like who? Oh, yeah. I got all these like weird bands that I love that, you know, yeah. no one else even heard of. Like Yoko Ono? Well, I don't know if I love Yoko. I'm okay you with Yoko. Love, I know you are. That's why I said it. But I don't. Well, I, anyway. Whoa. Whoa. Obviously, my first thought was, uh, well, but I, I think of even like you know, the Flaming Lips were a band that I loved so much. I love them for more than any, everybody else did. Um, yeah, David I, Bowie, I love more than anybody. I don't know anyone else who loves David Bowie as much as I do. Or but, you can, but you can like discuss it with other people who also love them. Yeah. Right? Here's Fiery Furnaces would be one. Oh, there's, okay. All right. All there's right. nobody but me on that. I mean, there were a lot of people who were excited when they released a new single last summer, but uh, yeah, but now that's, you're on that's the, a train. That's a train with, and I'm the only one on. But now you're on the internet. That like, I know everyone. You can find your. It's true. You can find your buddies it, on the internet for sure. Yeah. All right. So after they broke up in '95, I liked but didn't love their following three Jayhawks albums, um, following Olsen's departure. Um, they all have like three or four gems on them, you know, song wise. Um, like Gary Lewis can be a fine songwriter by himself. Um, but the magic wasn't nearly there all the time without Olsen. And besides, they mm-hmm. kind of did this, like, they did more of a pop rock play, you know, more of an alt, alt, uh, not alt, like an alternative play. Like, they wanted to be rock and roll stars. It didn't happen mm. again. They should have done, like, alt country rap rock. Yeah. <laughs> How do you know Late 90s, didn't? that was hot, you know? You'll, you'll never find out. Just bring Old Town Road in 25 years oh early. Oh my gosh, they could have done it. Wow, missed mm-hmm. opportunity, Jayhawks. I know, I know. Uh, one of the things that makes the Jayhawks the Jayhawks is the really natural and homespun vocal harmonies between the two lead singers and songwriters. It's not always technically brilliant, but it just makes sense together. Um, I really do think they had a songwriting duo thing going on that was like a, you know, way below Lennon-McCartney, but kind of like a that thing where even if a song is clearly written like 95% by one or the other of them, um, you can bet the remaining 5% was like necessary to get the song across the finish line. Mm-hmm. Um, so imagine my excitement, Chaz, when Luris and Olsen reunited as an acoustic duo in 2005. Whoa. I can, I can only imagine your excitement. <laughs> I really was excited. Uh, so excited that I went to one of their shows at the Aladdin Theater in Portland, Oregon. Um, and it was a blast. And in my memory, Olsen and Luris still had it. A really easy relationship with each other, joking around, telling Jayhawk stories, which of course I ate up. Um, did a, they kiss at the end? They did not kiss at the end. Okay, um, they, that would have been, that would have been the perfect ending. Is all they I've they music made out though because they had okay. such a yeah, great enough. relationship. And you just sat and watched. That's weird. That's weird. Uh, they even put out a classy and decent album as a duo <laughs> in 2009 called Ready for the Flood, which I enjoyed and uh, mostly because it featured reworkings of some of their old songs that they had written but never put on Jayhawks albums, um, which I had heard on you know. Um, uh, expanded editions of, of albums and stuff like that. Sure, so I was sure. like, hey, I know that one. So the pump was primed in 2011 with rumors, and by that I mean Gary Laura started telling everyone with ears, the rumors were flu- flying about that the Jayhawks were properly reuniting with their original lineup and recording <gasps> an album. <gasps> That's the album that I made you listen to, Chaz. <laughs> Mockingbird time. Uh, I mean, the mocking. I remember. The mocking thing is right in the title. 
I will chat about my extremely hurt feelings about it later and why it made me break up with them after 17 years of devotion and holding out for this very thing. But first, it's my test to wonder just how bad you, Charlie, think this mm -hmm. is. Okay. So I can't tell if it's just a massive disappointment to hardcore fans or if it's also bad to people who aren't into them as well. Um, and what about that narrow subset of people whose brothers love the Jayhawks and they don't, and they've been annoyed at hearing him go on and on about them for the past 25 years? What is that segment of the population think? That is like a tiny, the Venn diagram is like, Oof. I'm the only person in that center circle, aren't I? I think, I think you're right. The Jayhawks is Hello? one of the... Because even, even Mike doesn't fit in. He doesn't dislike them enough. Yeah, they're one of those bands, and he's like, I love the Jayhawks, but he doesn't know anything about them whatsoever. Yeah. He might know one song. That's all the band. That's all the bands he likes, but still. Uh, oh, you were just bringing it. I mean, I'm throwing hey, fire, baby. He's never, he's never gonna listen to this, but still. <laughs> we're talking. We're talking family talk here. Let's just do it. family smackdown right over here. <laughs> it's the Jayhawks, and my feelings are still hurt that you dislike them so bad. Uh, so then you have to take out that hurt on other people, Jake? Absolutely. Is that what it absolutely. Is? I'm so mad at the Jayhawks uh, 10 years later that I am ready to just <laughs> throw fire all over everyone. <laughs> oh, man. I don't think the yeah. album is... The album isn't, like, offensive. I'm making it sound really bad. It's it's mostly just boring, as I'll get into. Uh, but it's just not representative of the band the Jayhawks once were. And um, I can't tell you how much a hardcore fan's disappointment plays into things because, you know, I don't have another perspective. It doesn't even sound like alt-country to me, which I know you're not a huge fan of. Um, a couple, a couple mm. bands include but I don't really think it sounds like that anyway. All right, how much will Chaz dislike it? I think you're going to give it a... Oh, man. <laughs> I think you're going to give it a negative 2.0 with the possibility that it could go a little lower. Like I said, it's not... It's not grading necessarily or offensive it's just it's just not good so why don't you tell us what you thought about it Chaz I'm, I'm actually interested uh I think it was bland yeah forgettable alt country mm. it really does start to grade on you within a few seconds uh, okay we're grading we're getting graded um I listened to the whole album but I I'll be honest I wouldn't recognize any of the songs that they were played again I don't mm. think I'd recognize a single one of those songs if you played it for me right now and be yeah. like hey was this song on that album or not on this album and that's I'd be like, fair oh. Oh, <laughs> who are the Jayhawks? Like what are you talking about? <laughs> um, I feel like it's hard to even talk much about this album. It's there's just not, it's just barely there. It's like it's an album on autopilot or something. There's just not. There's so mm -hmm. little there to even mm -hmm. dig into. Yes, preach um, it, brother. I was I was vaguely mad much of the time for having to listen to it, but that. <laughs> That anger was mostly directed at you and not as much at the Jayhawks. Oh, man. This is so much better. You know how hurt my feelings would be if I was making you listen to one of my favorite Jayhawks albums and you were ripping uh -huh. it like this? I, I would. I don't even think I could sit here for it. So this is much better. I appreciate it. And you said it was... Uh, you didn't think I'd be offended. But I'll tell you, I was offended mm. by how inoffensive it was. Mm, like It mm -hmm. just didn't try for anything. It would have been better if it, <laughs> if it reached and failed, but it didn't. It kept everything yes. so incredibly safe. And like, let's, okay, let's, let's not go for anything here yes. just in case we screw it up. Yes. And so we're going to go for nothing. Oh man, this is great. This is great. I this is like, this, this is like a salve to my soul. <laughs> and you were, uh, you were dead on. I give it a negative two. Oh, wow. And the dead ons don't ever happen very often. It's only like the second time it's happened. I think. Oh, I almost, I almost said negative 1.5. Then I was like, no, he's we're gonna, usually close. He's going to dislike it more than that. You were way off on uh, my, on the, um, 
Uh, oh, the Elvis Costello, the Elvis Costello thing. That, that, was, that was by far. I think well, that was again, the worst miss I mean, listen to the whole thing out. I Doesn't listen to this matter. whole thing out of spite, Jake, just to prove you that uh, I care more. <laughs> I know. But now your spite is giving me life, and I appreciate it. Oh, uh, so supposed <laughs> to make you feel bad about yourself. And no! You couldn't, even, couldn't even listen to a whole album that I listened, asked you to listen to. I'm very sorry. Do you want me to go back? I'll listen to it if you want yeah, me to. Yeah, I do. All right. Yep, I'll, do. Tell, I'll tell you all about it in the next episode of Louder Than Sound. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> all right. Hit it for memory, part two. Absolutely. <laughs> it deserves a second <laughs> chance. Uh, all right, so for my part, um, except for the voices and just some of the songwriting ticks, this doesn't sound like the Jayhawks to me at all. It sounds a little like a full band version of the duo work on Ready for the Flood, which I mentioned, um, which I know you've listened to like a hundred times. I know you're, you're uh... big into that. <laughs> and it's... Are we talking about band again? <laughs> who are the Jayhawks? Who are these Jayhawks you speak of? Are they from Kansas? Jayhawks? It's the Jayhawks. That's my cover band. <laughs> Of the Jayhawks. Jayhawks. Oh, man. I will, I will listen to the Jayhawks album. <laughs> yeah. I will buy that, baby. All right. Hey, Anytime it's released. I'm recording it right after we get off the phone. <laughs> and as for that stereotypically alt-country sound, um, I don't think I hear it very much. Um, and really, the Jayhawks only used that sound on, on the, their first album. Um, or no, their second album. It just happened to be their most well-received. Like, that's their only classic, um, critically acclaimed one. Um, Hollywood Town Hall. Mockingbird Time sounds directionless, bloodless, and edgeless. It sounds like they wrote the songs in a flurry without time or energy to find out what was worthwhile about each song. Nothing is truly accentuated on most of the songs, and the production and the instruments kind of bleed into a mush, like a boring mush. The vocal melody... Going back to the word bloodless. Yeah, it is bloodless. It's very bloodless. It is bloodless. The vocal melodies are uninspired, if not the vocal harmonies, which are actually more or less, you know, kind of inspired, just because their voices work so well together. Um, it's bloated at times with a penchant for treacly string arrangements, and subsequently there's a lot going on, like lots of acoustic instrumentation, and not enough going on, which is inter- <laughs> interesting arrangements of said instruments. There's some attempt at switching it up with some blues or bangers, or blues bangers, but they just come off as kind of lazy. The band sounds old, and not in a grizzled or world-weary way, but in a tired way that sounds like they don't have it in them to make a good album anymore. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, but more on that later. But first, how about the good news? Let's have some good news. There's, there's good news? There's three good songs on this album, in my oh. estimation. Uh, she Walks in So Many Ways, which was the lead single and piqued my interest a little bit in the project anyway, even though I think there was some alarm bells going on in that song in terms mm. of it being the Jayhawks. But I like, whichever, I like the song. Whichever one that was on the album, yeah, there should <laughs> Shut up. I don't remember it. If you played it right now, I'd be like, I don't know, was that on the album? I don't know. It's joyful and full, and it still sounds pretty great to me. Um, not that I listen to it a lot or anything. Um, also, a two-hander, a rare two-hander at the back end of the album with the songs Black-Eyed Susan, followed by Pouring Rain at Dawn. And again, they have something to call their own and admire. Uh, Black-Eyed Susan has a killer and natural-sounding fiddle part and a, and a good chorus, like one that you recognize and want to sing along to. And Pouring Rain at Dawn pairs it back for a quiet acoustic guitar and a really harmonied voice aesthetic. So all of which gives you hope that side B could be, you know, kind of redeemed until you hear the final song, Hey Mr. Man, which is a garbage <laughs> fire. It's an awful. Just what the in the name. world? I know. Hey Mr. What are you talking about? Hey Mr. Hey there, Mr. Man. Hey Mr. Man. Wanna buy another G Hawks album? <laughs> hey there, Mr. Man. <laughs> no? Okay. Okay, well, well that's fine. We're well, breaking up. Well, we- 
This is the last album. This is the last song in the what? album. So see you later. We hate each other, so that's see great. you later, guys. Yeah, we're see gonna. You later, Mr. Man. We're gonna go and feud about royalties now forever. Be great. Uh, so. I just don't think they had enough good songs to make an album out of, like, by far. And that's really the bottom line. So back to the bad news. That was the good news. The bad news... <laughs> the bad news is that Mark Olson says that among the serious quibbles the band ended up having again in 2012 was over songwriting royalties. Um, he says that he did 95% of the songwriting, um, but per a predetermined agreement, they split, he split royalties 50-50 with Gary Loris who turns out was in the throes of a damaging and crippling painkiller addiction at the time, which is unfortunate. And that's probably the biggest bugaboo about the whole thing. Um, Apparently, as Luris's addiction deepened, he became disengaged and cruel and was a real D to everyone in his life, including all the members of the band while they were trying to make a comeback album under some pretty intense pressure, however regionally based. Um, even he said the recording of this album was, quote, a fiasco that left a bad taste in my mouth, end quote. For, for Olsen's part, he had split from his first wife in 2006 and was hoping to remarry with a Norwegian citizen who was having expensive visa troubles at the time of the band reunion. So frankly, he just needed the money. Um, yeah. And he was having a good time with Loris again and things, and things were fine. So he said, yeah, why not? You know, I'll, 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 uh, I'll make some cash as a musician, which isn't that easy to do. Um, but as uh, uh, he got himself in a tight spot dealing with Loris, and he ended up carrying the load and uh, being blamed for everything. Um, and as of 2017, uh, which was the last interview I read with him, he was still hurt and pissed and trying to move on with his life, while Loris has never made amends for his behavior and continues to front the Jayhawks come hell or high water, even though he said to several people, including Mark Olson and their manager, that he would never tour or make an album under the Jayhawks ever again. And he's made like four or something since then. Awesome. <clears throat> yeah. So Jake, yeah. Uh, what I really want to know is have either one of them released a diss track about the other? I think that there was a diss track. I mean, I'm thinking like John Lennon's How Do You Sleep? But well, nothing blah, blah. nothing is as fire like as that. Like that just, you know, tore him oh. a new butthole. Like. That's awful. I, mean, uh, I know, that, that one feels like, you know, no, that it's, it's kind of cringeworthy listening to how... All you ever had was those yesterdays. Was yesterday. Now it's all just another day. But that B didn't love you anyway. That was the alternate track. That's for real. Uh, There was a Garrett Loris thing because he keeps releasing solo albums. And, you know, there was one song that he... He was trying to diss Mark Olsen, but everyone knows it was Loris's fault. So it doesn't come off. And he's he's never, like, called the guy and been like, I'm sorry. Like, he never once Uh did that, apparently. So anyway, that's that's just, you know, armchair psychology whatever but um i just want you to know i was profoundly disappointed with mockingbird time when it yeah. came out i'm not sure about crushed or crestfallen um but not even one listen through like the first couple songs i knew the dream was over i was like oh <laughs> this is bad this is bad uh-huh. i think i gave it another listen sometime maybe a year or so later just to make sure but i'm very sure because the last time i listened to it which was earlier this week um that's my third time i ever listened to this album by a band that i love <laughs> Um, I was just like, this is this is awful. And even if this they, is, this makes me feel like everything you're saying now makes me feel about uh, Smashing Pumpkins Zeitgeist. Yeah, I got out on them. The comeback you did. album that was awful and yeah, just like and just sad. And, and just like, sad, and I just went, well, so long. Well, pumpkins. somebody's got a painkiller addiction. Oh <laughs> uh, mm. yeah. So and if they ever reunited again, which they absolutely won't, I quit them. They're done for me. I've heard okay. I've heard semi nice things about the three or four albums, 
they've released without Olsen since 2011, but I can't bring myself to even listen to the singles. It's all too sad and too bad. And so is Mockingbird Time. I give it a negative 2.5. I don't like it even more than you. And it collects dust on my shelf as a reminder of the death of my youthful <laughs> That's naivete. Because, it's because of the personal pain coming from a I fan, know. You know. It hurts, man. This one if really If you already hurt. went into it not caring and not really liking them, like, it's just boring. Yeah, or if you're just like, you know, one of those alt-country bands that, you know, were around for a little bit in the 90s, I'm sure that's what they are to most of the alt-country population. But they just, they hurt my feelings. And yeah, it's, well, a, it's a sad story. Um, I want you to know that they told me they did it on purpose just to hurt you. The whole thing, like the, the painkiller addiction? The whole story, the whole thing was fabricated. The visa troubles with the Norwegian national? Yeah, like, none, none of that happened. They're just like, hey, we're gonna, we're mad at Jake, and we're gonna release a terrible album and just ruin his life. They picked out... They succeeded. They picked out 14-year-old me at that Target Center concert <laughs> in 1995. That guy. <laughs> that guy. That's the guy. We're gonna ruin that we're guy's gonna fandom. We're gonna destroy that guy If right not there. his life. Just because we can. That's what we're gonna... Mark Lewis and Gary Olson looked at each other from across the stage, and they just nodded. Yes. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Some musicians <laughs> just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> or just one person, I guess. <laughs> wow. Well, this has been illuminating. I feel emptied. I feel like my vessel is... is, is cathartic is a little bit? I, mean, I think, I think so. Get this off your chest? Yeah, again, again, I'm, I'm really... buried deep inside. Like, I'm really, like I know, like, who are. else... What, what are the functions of the, pod, the podcast for me is that I would have nobody to spill my guts to about this. And now I'm, ma- I'm making you, and that's great. It's just me and your wife, you know? And your wife wasn't listening, so... No, she wasn't listening. She wasn't listening. She knows how I feel about the Jayhawks, though. I think that much is clear. <laughs> she doesn't know that part. Just she the Mockingbird time She likes the Jayhawks. She was listening to. <laughs> well, here's the secret. Mockingbird time is her favorite Jayhawks album. Just kidding. It's nobody's favorite Jayhawks <laughs> no, album. Not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Hey! Let's yeah. talk about what we're doing next time, because we're right. shaking things up a little bit. Let's do it. Next episode is our 25th anniversary, Jayhawks. Daddy, 25 years. Awesome. <laughs> yes, 25 <laughs> years. Yes, definitely years. Feels like 25 And years. instead of just looking at an individual album like we usually do, we're going to do a best of. A wow. super, wow. super subjective, even more subjective than usual. Oh, best yeah. of. This our is personal favorites. Completely personal. Of albums from 1970 <laughs> to 1974. Oh, baby. <laughs> You know, I had considered splitting that time period in half. We we're going to go two and a half years. <laughs> those are those are the first five years of the 70s. It yeah. seems like it's only before because 70 plus 74. Is, but no, yeah, that you count never on your fingers, you'll, yeah. count it on your fingers, you'll find that it's actually, it's inclusive. Yeah. It's it's five. That's why I never um, made a So we're going we're gonna to hit you up with our number 10 through number six of our top 10 albums. <laughs> and then the episode after that. <laughs> then we're going to do five number five through one. We're do backwards order up to number one for that period for each of us individually. We know you're just going to keep your podcast app open for that whole week, just waiting, <laughs> just hoping that we'll drop it early. But we won't. Oh, yeah. We won't. We won't. No. We're not going to. No. <laughs> so we will see you next time for that wild adventure on Louder Than Sound.